Hello again, and welcome to Knowing God with Heart and Mind. I'm Pastor Dan, and I'm back. We have left uh, Parsons Prairie and moved to the south, down to the Hoosier National Forest and the woods and hills and farm, rolling farmlands of uh, southern Indiana, southwestern Indiana, and uh, it feels good to be home again. It feels good. But we miss our friends and all the wonderful things about Parsons Prairie very much, and uh, we're wishing Parsons Prairie residents well, as they have suffered a great deal of rain and a great deal of difficulty that has resulted from it. Flooded fields, flooded basements, uh, lots of water, and uh, much, uh, much discomfort as a result of all that bad weather. It's been pretty nice down here in uh, the woods and hills of southern Indiana, and uh, we're grateful for that, especially as we make our new stand here in this wonderful community called Jasper. I'm so glad to be here, and I am so grateful for the warm welcome and the uh, the generous kindness and, and assistance that has come from the people of the Shiloh Church. And so for them and for all of you who have uh, listened for this podcast and have enjoyed having that little extra bit of Bible study, uh, I do this. I come back to it. And uh, we are always on, on a path of uh, self-improvement. Uh, if, if a podcast can be sanctified, then we want to try to find a way for this podcast to be sanctified. It is called Knowing God with Heart and Mind. I got the title from the uh, wonderful educational series that was created uh, by the Cokesbury people and was uh, written and uh, coordinated by Ellsworth Callis. And uh, it is my uh, uh, real privilege to share that name and use it as a descriptor of this Bible study. The virtual Bible study that it is, is intended for us to find a way in addition to our participation in the local church and in relationship with other Christians. It is uh, intended for us to use it as a method of completing and, uh, in, and completing and filling in, as it were, those gaps in our uh, Christian journey of knowledge and personal holiness. So that's the idea. Now, it had been a Bible study that was built around the readings of the Revised Common Lectionary, and I did this in part because it made my life a little easier. It coincided with my uh, personal preparation for each week's preaching. But uh, now, having been here in my new community for several weeks and having uh, had a chance to sort of uh, uh, listen for God's direction and see the Spirit push me towards the things that are of, uh, uh, of interest and, and import to the Lord, in other words, I look for where the Lord is at work and I try to join the Lord in it. And I see that perhaps one of the best things we can do with this virtual Bible study is to come back to the namesake Bible study. And so I have been looking at uh, my materials from the Christian Believer class, and uh, I've been scanning through them these last few days thinking about how I could uh, 
possibly incorporate that into a virtual Bible study. Now, with all utterly due respect to Dr. Callis and to the authors and editors of this study, I don't want you to think this is a authorized or in any way, shape, or form a formalized version of the Bible study. I would recommend that you take this course wherever you can find it. And if you want to lead this course, you can because the materials are available uh, at places like cokesbury.com. But I'm going to kind of loosely base this Bible study on the uh, Christian Believer class, which if that's uh, the case, then for the next 36 weeks or so, we're going to look at the tenets of the Christian faith. We're going to kind of wrap our minds around just what it means to be a Christian and what the beliefs of Christians are. And uh, there are surprisingly a great deal of things that we hold uh, in common. And so we're going to look at that. And uh, so before we begin, though, let's take a moment for prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity to be together even in this virtual environment. We thank you for the privilege of your word. You have seen it fit to produce for us a written legacy that we can embrace and share with each other in many ways and forms. And that legacy has produced uh, not only a biblical history and biblical uh, lasting legacy, but it's also created for us a doctrinal one. And so in this study, Lord, we pray your help in seeing only that which is entirely your truth for our benefit. And we know that if we benefit by knowing the truth, then we really have drawn closer to knowing God with heart and mind. This is our desire, Lord, and we give it to you with deep love and affection and with joy. Amen. This Bible study begins with the uh, reading of the Nicene Creed. Now, the Nicene Creed was adopted by the Council of Nicaea in 325. Now, the version we use is a somewhat contemporized version of the creed, and it it's got some f small modifications that you will uh, attribute traditionally to the Council of Constantinople that occurred in 381. And uh, it came as a result of a clear need that the church now organized and uh, authorized by the government in a way uh, there became a clear need to, to find exactly what it is Christians believe. Just what is a Christian and how is Christianity different from other religious systems. So without further ado, let's read together the Nicene Creed and uh, then we can spend these next many weeks unpacking the values contained in it. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty Maker of heaven and earth, of all that is, seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father, 
Through him all things were made, for us and for our salvation. He came down from heaven, was incarnate of the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and became truly human. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, who with the Father and Son is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Cyril of Jerusalem said that learning the faith and in professing it is to acquire and keep that only which is now delivered to thee by the church and which has been built up strongly out of all the scriptures. So for the present, listen while I simply say the creed and commit it to memory. But at the proper season, accept the confirmation out of the Holy Scripture of each part of its contents. For the articles of the faith were not composed as seemed good to men, but the most important points collected out of all the Scripture make up one complete teaching of the faith. And just as the mustard seed is one small grain that contains many branches, so also this faith has embraced, in a few words, all the knowledge of godliness in the Old and New Testaments. And so you see, being people of the creed gives us a way to clarify exactly what it means to be Christian. And what it means to be Christian, first, is to maintain a certain set of beliefs, which seems reasonable. And uh, that's what Thomas Aquinas would say is a state of belief. We believe in the words of someone because to believe seems proper and it'd be advantageous. In particular, we're moved to believe in certain sayings when it seems that eternal life depends on that belief. So what makes the creed a sacred source of concise statement of faith? Well, because we think our lives depend on it. Our eternal lives even depend on it. And uh, one more quote that Donald G. Bloch Uh, says that it is well to bear in mind that faith is deeper and wider than a spiritual experience. It is an acknowledgement of the claims of Jesus and obedience to his commands. And so what we see in Jesus then is this statement, a reality about a person, but not only a person, but God, that is clearly communicated through Jesus and it is the source of our hope and our belief that leads to salvation. So these are the things that we'll try to examine together. The elements of this, uh, this uh, creed that we've just spoken. But don't worry if you're afraid that it's not going to be Bible study because what we're going to do is the very thing that uh, was suggested by Thomas Aquinas. We're going to unpack and find in Scripture the understanding that leads to the truth of that simple statement. For example, we believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, Creator of heaven, earth, the 
the person who has uh, been, is, and always will be. And that's the idea of uh, this study, is to, to understand why we believe that. And so in that, we study scripture. So I'm going to pick a few select, uh, selected scriptures for you to read, and uh, I will uh, share those with you, and then we'll talk about them a little bit and see if this doesn't give us a better understanding of the nature of God as it is stated in the Creed. Let's begin by looking at the book of Job, chapter 42, verses 1 to 6. Then Job answered the Lord and said, I know that you can do all things and that no purpose of yours can be thwarted. Who is this that hides counsel without knowledge? Therefore, I have uttered what I did not understand, things too wonderful for me, which I did not know. Hear, and I will speak. I will question you, and you make it known to me. I had heard of you by the hearing of the ear, but now my eyes sees you, see you. Therefore, I despise myself and repent in dust and ashes. Now Habakkuk chapter 3 verses 10 to 16. The mountains saw you and writhed. The raging waters swept on. The deep gave forth its voice. It lifted its hands on high. The sun and the moon stood still in their place. At the light of your arrows as they sped and the flash of your glittering spear. You marched through the earth in fury. You threshed the nations in anger. You went out for salvation of your people, for the salvation of your anointed. You crushed the head of the house of the wicked, laying him bare from thigh to neck. Selah. You pierced with his own arrows the heads of his warriors who came like a whirlwind to scatter me, rejoicing as if to devour the poor in secret. You trampled the sea with your horses, the surging of mighty waters. I hear, and my body trembles, my lips quiver at the sound, rottenness enters my bones. See, these scriptures remind us that God is way beyond our ken, that is, way beyond our understanding, that God is far more elaborate and distant and remarkable than we can even conceive of. The nature of God is beyond our comprehension, and that's part of what makes God God. It's something I've often said that really isn't that clever, but it just bears repeating because it's undeniably true. If I could describe God to you, then I wouldn't be describing God. If I could define God, then I wouldn't be talking about God. God is above and beyond all things. God is not part of the created universe. God is the creator of everything. And so we cannot assume that we have a full comprehension of God. And yet God has gone to great lengths to reveal God's self to us. And in so doing, has even gone so far as to save us. And 
this, as it is described in the passages we just read, goes way beyond those things we know that God did for us. It goes into the realm of things that God has done for us that are beyond our knowledge. There are the supernatural battles that God has won for our sake, and all because God loves that which God has created. And so everything that we believe about the nature of God can be summed up in the love of God for all that God has created. Because if you think about what it means to know someone, you know, to know them with heart and mind, it isn't so much knowing what they look like, what they smell like, what uh, their voice sounds like. These are all descriptors of a physical being. What separates the knowing of a person in the same way that a police officer knows who he's looking for when there's an APB out on a escaped convict or something, there's a difference. The difference is, is knowing the heart and mind of a person. And so while we cannot know the physical limits of God, or the full story of God's existence. What we do know is the heart and mind of God. And this is the part that causes us to love God back. And if we were in God's shoes, we might say something like, well, isn't that good enough? So, as we try to understand the very nature of God, one of the things that we have to wrap our mind around is the idea that it is better to know the heart and mind of God than to try to understand the physicality of God or the time uh, frames of God. By very simple deduction, we can assume that God cannot be supreme and superior to all that is created without being somewhat apart from all that is created. And yet we see in the creation clues about God. It stands to reason, for example, that God has created things on earth and things in the creation using the building blocks that God is as much a part of in some way or another. Now, that takes us to a place where we're right on the brink of trying to define God. But we can at least agree that God has not created all that we can see and feel and hear and participate in without having in some way been part of it, even while God is above it and beyond it. And uh, so take that where you will. That's some just good old-fashioned theological thought right there. Now, as you do your personal study of Scripture, one of the things that we want to do in particular is dig into the passages that tell us what we uh, are inclined to think and believe about the nature of God's heart and mind. Can you see, for example, in the passages of the scriptures, the love of God for the people of God? Um, You know, for example, in uh, the Gospel of Mark, chapter 9, verses uh, 14 to 29. Let's take a look at that right now. The Gospel of Mark, chapter 9, verses 14 to 9. I'm just pulling it up here. Uh, 14 to 29. So here we go. 
And when they came to the disciples, they saw a great crowd around them and scribes arguing with them. And immediately all the crowd, when they saw him, were greatly amazed and ran up to him and greeted him, Jesus. And he asked them, what are you arguing about with them? And someone from the crowd answered, teacher, I brought my son to you for he has a spirit that makes him mute. And whenever it seizes him, it throws him down, and he foams and grinds his teeth, and he becomes rigid. So I asked your disciples to cast it out. They were not able. And he answered them, O faithless generation, how long am I to be with you? How long am I to bear with you? Bring him to me. And they brought the boy to him. The boy, uh, excuse me, and... And they brought the boy to him, and when the spirit saw him, immediately it convulsed the boy, and he fell on the ground and rolled about, foaming at the mouth. And Jesus asked his father, How long has this been happening to him? And he said, From childhood. And it has often cast him into the fire and into water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus said to him, If you can... All things are possible for one who believes. Immediately, the father of the child cried out and said, I believe. Help my unbelief. And when Jesus saw that a crowd came running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, You mute and deaf spirit, I command you, come out of him and never enter him again. And after crying out and convulsing him terribly, it came out. And the boy was like a corpse so that most of them said he is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up, and he rose. And when he had entered the house, his disciples asked him privately, Why could we not cast him out? And he said to them, This kind cannot be driven out by anything but prayer. And so through Jesus we see the sovereign God who has command over all of creation and certainly over demonic forces, compassionately saying to this passionate father who wants to see his son healed, you can do this. We will take care of this because he wants to, because he has great love for them. And then in the way that only the one who has all the authority over all of creation can, he says, get lost, spirit and it's lost. And so this is a brief introduction to the series. We'll be going a lot further with it in the future. And so uh, as I try to get you going with this, I don't want you to be discouraged if it perhaps lacks a certain amount of uh, scripture reading that you've become accustomed to. Introductions are like that. First sermons to a new church and first study groups of a Bible study. There's a lot of talking about what we're going to do and how we're going to do it and a little bit of study, but then we get into it. So you will be in this uh, week ahead wanting to study Scripture and be prepared to uh, hear some thoughts about uh, the, the nature of God as God is in the business of re- revealing God's self. And so what, uh, what I'd like you to do in preparation for next week's uh, virtual Bible study is I'd like you to read the first uh, chapter of Genesis 
I'd like you to read from the third chapter of Exodus. And uh, I'd like you to read the book of Job, chapters 38 to 41. And I'd like you to read Psalms 105 through 107. Now, you don't have to do it all at once. You can work on it through the week. Read Genesis 1. Read Exodus 3. Read Job 38 to 41 and Psalms 105 to 107. And then, as we go together to the scriptures next week and to the study of God's self-revealing nature, let's see if we can find some truth that will change our lives in our virtual Bible study. Let us pray the prayer of St. Augustine. Lord, I seek you with all my heart, with all the strength you have given me, I long to understand that which I believe. You are my only hope. Please listen to me. Do not let my weariness lessen my desire to find you, to see your face. You created me in order to find you. You give me strength to seek you. My strength and my weakness are in your hands. Preserve my strength and help my weakness. Where you have already opened the door, let me come in. Where it is shut, open at my knocking. Let me always remember you, love you, meditate upon you, and pray to you until you restore me to your perfect pattern. Amen. The prayer of St. Augustine. So, Tune in next week as we continue the podcast, Virtual Bible Study, Knowing God with Heart and Mind. And remember that this is brought to you by the, uh, how, how can I, I don't know how else to say this, it's brought to you by the paycheck that comes to me from the Shiloh United Methodist Church in Jasper, Indiana. In other words, I'm paid to be their pastor, and as their pastor, one of the things that I do is teach. And I have found that this is an effective way to reach certain people, and therefore, we will teach in the classrooms of Shiloh Church, we will teach in the homes of Shiloh Church, we will teach at the coffee shop or wherever. We will worship God together as people who can't help worshiping God together in all of these places. And yes, we'll even teach and worship God online, on the airwaves of podcasts. And we thank God for this privilege. So if you'd like to support what we're doing here, then I urge you to be a part of the Shiloh United Methodist Church. If you're down here in southwest Indiana, you come to Jasper, and we'll be glad to worship with you at Shiloh United Methodist Church. If you want to know more about us, go to shilohum.org. That's Shiloh, S-H-I-L-O-H-U-M.org. And you'll find out more information about us. We'd be glad to answer any questions you might have. And if you're not able to join us because you're far away, but you would like to help us, there are things you can do. First of all, you can email me. You can respond to this podcast in the comment section of your uh, podcast uh, uh, player and uh, 
We use podbean.com to host this podcast, and uh, you can visit my page there. You can also subscribe on uh, iTunes. And, of course, if you'd like to help us financially, just give a donation to the general fund of the Shiloh United Methodist Church. And if you like, you can write in the memo with grateful hearts for the podcast. And I do hope it's a grateful heart. For now, God bless you and goodbye.